Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Indeed. Welcome back to the second hour of Rudy Maxa's World, where it's all travel all the time. And this segment of the program is brought to you by On Call International, because we all know that sometimes when traveling, the unexpected can happen, and when it does, you can protect yourself with a reasonably priced annual membership from On Call International. On Call provides the best assistance you'll need during an unforeseen medical or travel emergency, even a situation like social or political unrest. From unexpected illnesses to life-threatening accidents, delayed luggage, or legal woes, On Call International gives you the help you'll need to return home or get back to enjoying your trip. More info at OnCallInternational.com or log on to the show's website, RudyMaxa.com, and right down there are scroll down the homepage, you'll see it. Well, part of the show today is a best of compilation of some of our favorite interviews from over the past several months. But before I tell you about our guests, let me remind you in case you didn't hear at the opening of the show's first hour, this weekend marks the start of National Park Week in America, which means admission to the nation's 397 national parks is free all week until the 29th. Our parks are truly a national treasure. So if you haven't visited one lately, well, maybe this is the week to do so. Coming up in the second segment of this hour, we're going to talk with John Maxtone Graham. He's a maritime historian and author of the book titled Titanic Tragedy, A New Look at the Lost Liner. If you think you heard everything there is to know about the, uh, the sinking of that Titanic last weekend on the 100th anniversary of the tragic event, what John has to say may surprise you. Then we're going to talk about all kinds of, you know, we talk all the time in the show about different kinds of way to travel. You don't just have to get in a plane or a car or train to travel. How about food memories as a way to travel back in time? Alina Dizik recently wrote a terrific article for the Wall Street Journal about folks who are trying to recreate recipes that remind them of loved ones or of special times gone by, perhaps from their childhood. We're going to talk with her about playing kitchen detective and how you can experience time travel that way, too. And art galleries aren't the only place to catch a little culture you can view for free. Some works by the world's great artists by simply visiting the Conrad Hotel in downtown Indianapolis right now. And we're going to talk with Mary Norris. She's the art curator for the Andaz West Hollywood. It's a hotel on Sunset Strip in L.A. We're going to talk to her about how people like her are working to bring art to places such as hotels and restaurants. And finally, in this hour's last segment, we'll talk with the editor-in-chief of National Geographic Traveler, our friend Keith Bellows, about this incredible power of social media as it affects travel. First, let's take a quick look at some news. Iceland is opening the, mag the magna chamber of a dormant volcano to visitors perhaps the first, for perhaps the first time in world history. First time you'll be able to actually walk in to the heart of a, a volcano, to its magna chamber. This exclusive tour will only be available for six to eight weeks this summer. It begins June 15th. Visitors will be able to go down 450 feet into the crater to the magna chamber and walk around in that area. It's about the size of three full-size basketball courts. An experienced guide will accompany you. It's about a five- or six-hour tour. You'll spend about an hour, actually, down in the magna chamber. And you can find more details by going to insidethevolcano.com. Chinese tourists are flocking to Korea for plastic surgery. Their goal is to resemble a popular South Korean actress who's starring in a pan-Asian hit drama called Jewel in the Palace. Doctors in Korea say many clients arrive clutching photos of movie stars they'd like to look like, and about half their patients are from 
countries other than Korea. Procedures can cost $15,000 or more, and Korean plastic surgeons hope they've hit on a rich vein of business that will last a long time into the future. In the new segment of the last hour, I talked with retired luxury hotel executive Mike Matthews about his impending stay at a Motel 6, and I must apologize to Jeff, my engineer. He's right. We'll leave the light on for you is the signature tagline by Tom Bodette for Motel 6. I thought it was another chain. So apologize to Jeff, and uh, I correct the record here. Anyway, it's going to be a new experience for Mike uh, because he's never stayed in a motel in his life, let alone a Motel 6. We're going to get his complete report next weekend in the show. But I think it's worthwhile to note there are even three-star hotels that can be special if management puts its mind to it. Our friend and travel columnist for JoeSentMe.com, Chris Barnett, recently checked out a Doubletree. It's a Hilton brand of hotels and found the experience, well, most pleasant. Is that a fair way to sum it up, Chris? Um, most pleasant and most surprising. Now, where was this um, Doubletree? This is in Roller Park, which is about 45 minutes to 50 minutes above north of San Francisco, and it's just below Santa Rosa. Okay, and, uh, and so this is, is this in, in, a, in a town? Is it off a highway? Well, it's uh, Roller Park is a high, is a town, and it's right off the highway, and it's um, it's right maybe ten minutes from all the wineries in uh, you know, all the good wineries in uh, Sonoma County, and probably about thirty minutes from Napa Valley, and um, it's it's perfectly located. It's Could quite a surprise. It used to be a um, different hotel, and then it was rebranded, and what's what's uh, very creative about it is the general manager is one of those original Hyatt guys about 25 years ago, like Stan Bromley and Horst Schultze of Ritz-Carlton, and he has created this hotel um, just almost like a five-star hotel. Yet the rates are how much a night, roughly? I would say 120 Wow. Okay. Now, what? May First of all, can you spell the name of the Roanoke Park? I don't. I don't know that name. Sure. It's um, R H O N uh, R O excuse me R O H N E R T Park. Roanoke Park. Okay. So this is the DoubleTree in Roanoke Park. Now, what touches when you were a guest there gave you the impression that this could, you know, go up against a five-star property? Well, I walked in, and on every Friday night, they have for all of their guests a wine tasting but it's not just a wine tasting where a lot of uh, wine a lot of hotels will put on you know a five dollar bottle of wine they had dry creek valley wine and dry creek vineyard wine which is a, a very fine brand plus they had the chef out cooking um little hors d'oeuvres and they had all the farmers who were there bringing in um uh, all of their you know, local vegetables and produce, and they were there preparing food. So it was like an incredible reception. And, and this, is, totally this is complimentary free. for guests, of course. Complimentary for guests, and uh, I would imagine friends of guests, too. And it was, uh, they, have a, they have a very large area. It's, a, it's only a three-story hotel, but it's, it's got a large footprint. So um, you could have, there must have been about 75 people in there, and nobody felt, uh, nobody felt crushed at all. And part of the expression crushed. So, and then after that, you can stay. And if you'd like, there's a wonderful dinner for forty nine dollars. That is, I would say, as good as a Ritz Carlton. It was absolutely incredible. I was totally surprised. It's a five course dinner, and then you can pay a little more and for have a wine pairing with each uh, each dish. Very cool. We've only got about thirty seconds left, Chris. How are the rooms? The rooms are big. 
the rooms are fine. The only thing that I complained about was that they do charge you for uh, Internet access, $10. But uh, if there's a large, for the, the room that I had for 120 was sort of a junior suite. And it was, um, you didn't have to wait for, you didn't have to long wait for an elevator. And it had, you know, everything you needed. Well, perfect. I might say that a lot of five-star hotels charge you more than that for an Internet, by the way. <laughs> for Internet usage. <laughs> Great. Chris Barnett writes regularly for JoeSentMe.com. Check it out. Chris, thanks for joining us. You bet. Take care, Rudy. When we come back, some things about the Titanic you didn't learn during last week's 100th anniversary. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Imagine this, you're enjoying a well-deserved vacation and then, boom, disaster strikes. There's an earthquake, a tsunami, or political upheaval such as last year's crisis in Egypt. Who would you call for help? A deluxe membership from On Call International provides the vital help you need when your destination becomes unsafe. On Call International will quickly get you out of danger and evacuate you home, all covered by your membership. Learn more by calling 800-575-5014 or go to OnCallInternational.com or RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors. Get in the zone! When it's time for a new battery, AutoZone has the right one to fit your need. Because whether you're looking for rugged dependability that's sure to start in all conditions, power to run accessories, or the latest in battery technology, AutoZone has it. Even if you want a battery for your boat, lawnmower, or RV, we can help you figure out exactly what you need. And we'll give you the tips to install it correctly. Because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone. AutoZone. If you have gout, listen closely. It's the sound of gout silently attacking joints between flares. You won't hear it, and you may not feel it, but if your uric acid level remains high, crystals can continue to build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. For more information, go to goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level. And now, GEICO presents 30 Seconds with Maxwell the Pig. Um, Maxwell, you're on. Cool. And so you just want me to read the script? You don't want me to do the Wii thing? Okay. Today, I'm going to talk about the new Geico mobile app and um, how you can manage your policy and get your ID card and customize it with your favorite Geico character. But I'm not yelling Wii or anything because um, they don't want me to, right? Correct. Okay. Just saying it's my thing. Everything you love about Geico, now mobile. Download the new Geico app today. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It is 18 minutes after the hour. Nice to have you here on this, uh, well, in some places, Indian summer weekend here in Minnesota, for example, where I live. It's uh, been in the... Um, it's been in the 80s, amazingly enough. That'll change soon enough. John Maxstone Graham is a maritime historian. He's made a career of writing about the world's great cruise ships. He grew up in New Jersey. He was the son of a Scottish father and American mother, and he took his first cruise across the Atlantic when he was only six months old, and he's taken dozens and dozens since then. After serving in Korea as a U.S. Marine and a short career as a Broadway stage manager, he began writing about ships and started lecturing on them in 1972. He's got a brand-new book out. 
It's called Titanic Tragedy, A New Look at the Lost Liner. John, welcome to the show. Good morning, Max. Good morning. Really now, nice to talk, chat with you. Nice to chat with you, too. Let me start by asking you what you mean by a new look at what happened to the Titanic. Well, uh, she's the most written-about ship in the world, without any question, and my decision was to do a book not full of illustrations, because all the illustrations have been seen and are very well known, just a book for reading. And I decided to cover a lot of things that most people ignore. For instance, the two M's, the Marconi and Morse, who invented, in effect, the communication system that saved over 700 lives. And then I go to the construction of the ship at Belfast, Harlan and Wolf shipyard, then to construction of the dock from which she sailed, which had just recently been revived for the Queen Mary II, and then on to the actual business of the collision, abandoning the ship, getting into the boats, and um, what, what the, the extraordinary thing was how so many of the passengers refused to believe that they were in danger. Ah. Uh, there was a man called Carl Baird, and he was quoted as saying, first-class passenger, to our minds, the idea of Titanic sinking was preposterous. And the larger the ship, the more uh, immune they feel. Uh, Albert Caldwell, another man, described a lifeboat. He said the flimsy little thing didn't look safe. And yet there, were, there was unquestionable indication that the ship was uh, taking on water. There were five postal officers two Brits and three Yanks, and they were all drowned, and they appeared in the corridors full of passengers who were confused and didn't know what had happened, and they were carrying in their hand bundles of wet letters and parcels, and their trousers were wet up to their knees, one man remembered. And yet, shortly afterwards, the steward came by and said, everything is all right now, sir, you may turn in. In other words, this curious reluctance to face facts. Wow. There were t two sisters from Philadelphia, friends of the Wideners, the Eustace sisters, and Elizabeth had gone up to investigate, and Martha stayed in the cabin. She didn't think anything was wrong, but the curious thing that convinced her was that she looked out in the passage and saw a man who every night had put his shoes out to be cleaned, and she saw him bring them back into the cabin that night, and she, that for some reason convinced her that she should get up into a lifeboat, so she finally did. Oh, my goodness. Let's go back to the M&M. I guess you're saying that by being able to send out an SOS signal and the, the, Car, the Carpathia was, what, about 80 nautical miles away or so? She was 54 miles away 54 on her miles. way to a cruise in the Mediterranean uh, full of cruise passengers, and suddenly her wireless operator, who was about to go to sleep, uh, sitting on the edge of his bunk and heard this extraordinary single, C CQD. It wasn't SOS. Phillips, the operator who sent out the message, used the old-fashioned CQD, and he wrote down the position of the ship and raced along the bridge and woke up Captain Rostron. And Rostron turned Carpathia around and dashed north for 54 and, miles. And that's what allowed those who were managed to, to stay alive floating in the sea the to survive. Boats, yeah, yeah, survived. And speaking of the lifeboats, you write that during the ship's evacuation, men were not permitted on one side of the ship, but were invited to embark on another. What's, what was that about? Yes, it was a most extraordinary uh, contrast. And this was from Captain Smith, the captain of the vessel. <clears throat> he said to one woman who had asked if her husband could join us, he said, no, women and children only, and quite firm about it. Shortly thereafter, on the other side of the ship, uh, 
four people, two husbands and two wives, ask, is it all right if our husbands get in? Of course you may get in. So it was a curious uh, yes and no, depending whether you were the port side or the starboard side, or depending on the number of seats in the boats. And one of the saddest things was that the man who designed the ship, uh, Thomas Andrews, who was on board, uh, I contrast two messages. One, a letter he sent to his wife in Dublin from Southampton on the 9th of April. The Titanic is now about complete and will, I think, do the old firm credit tomorrow when we sail. And then at, on the boat deck at 1.30 a.m. on the 15th of April, ladies, you must get in at once. There's not a minute to lose. You cannot pick and choose your boat. Don't hesitate. Get in, get in. So you could see that he realized what was happening and he knew the end was near. We're talking with John Maxstone Graham. His new book is called Titanic Tragedy. It's published by W.W. Norton. Um, uh, John, you interviewed, you interviewed, you have over the course of the years, interviewed survivors of the Titanic, haven't you? Yes, I've interviewed several in depth, and the most intriguing was a woman called Violet Jessup, <coughs> whose name came from me from my mother. She said, you should see if she's still living. So I found out that she was, and in July of 1970, I went down to her little retirement cottage in Suffolk, and we talked, and she told me all the things that she remembered from Titanic, and the astonishing thing was nobody had ever interviewed her before. And how old she was, she when, how old was she, was, she when she was on the ship? She was only about 22. Oh, but and enough so to have a... she remembered very well, and she uh, saved a baby, and uh, the baby, the woman had abandoned her baby and left it on the deck. Uh, an officer picked it up and gave it to Violet, who was in the lifeboat. She had a eider down she'd bought from one of her cabins, and she wrapped it around the baby and held it all night. The following morning, when she was hauled onto the Carpathia, still carrying the baby, the, the child's mother was there, had reached the ship by another lifeboat, seized the baby, and never once attempted to thank the woman who had saved its life. So oh she was a remarkable woman. Now, there's Monday, nothing easier than Monday, Monday night or Monday quarterbacking looking yes. back on this what what went leaving aside obviously hitting the iceberg was a big mistake but i mean what went wrong in the evacuation what would have been done differently if if everything was done uh, correctly well i think there would have been uh, real supervision at the lifeboats as to who was getting in and who was not getting in a lot of crewmen just got in because they knew the men who were supposed to be stopping them uh, not one engineering officer was saved they all drowned which is why to this day, officers in the uh, engineering officers in every Navy and uh, even aircraft in the world have a purple stripe between their gold stripes on their arm in memoriam of their colleagues on Titanic. That was from George V. He I didn't so know that. I yeah. did not know that. Interesting. Every, every officer in the world. And was uh, there a preference for first-class passengers? First-class passengers did better than, than immigrants, of course. If you look at the surviving rates, you can see that the, the most appalling uh, losses were in the steerage class, the immigrant class. And do you think that was because it took them longer to get up to deck or, well, or, or were, a class they, preference? They, they were not near the boat deck. They were on either end of the ship. The boat all up on the first-class deck amidships. Some of them got in, some of them managed. Uh, some of them were ingenious and managed to. One man slid down a rope because he saw a lifeboat uh, underneath the ship, and he and a, a woman he had befriended by the railing jumped over and slid down the rope. They, their hands were bleeding, but they landed in the lifeboat. They got away. 
And so there were uh, contrasting things. Ismay, Bruce Ismay, who was the White Star Line's managing director, was on board. And he met uh, Mrs. Ryerson, one of the first-class passengers, and said, we're in amongst the icebergs. And Emily Ryerson said, of course, you, you will slow down. And Ismay said, oh, no, we'll put on one more boiler and get out of it. Uh, he, was, he was criticized later for being what he called, the press called a kind of super captain who was telling the captain what to do, but he maintained he was just a passenger. Uh -huh. He clearly wasn't. John, we only have 30 seconds left. Uh, in a nutshell, what was your appraisal of that huge movie, Titanic? Uh, I thought it was technically fascinating, but uh, a soap opera, with a ship full of so many dramatic stories to have created uh, a rubbishy story uh, about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio befriending a, an heiress in the first class was just uh, appalling. I, 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 what I like to do is look at it with the sound turned down, and then I can see the wonderful technical effects, but don't have to listen to the words. Well put. Hey, John, thank you so much for writing this book and for spending some time on your, out of your weekend to tell us about it. Thank you, Rudy. It's been a great pleasure. Take care. John Maxstone Graham's uh, new book is called Titanic Tragedy. Its subtitle is A New Look at the Lost Liner. It's published by W.W. Norton. You can get it in the usual places like bookstores and Amazon.com. It's a fascinating read about a, a story that seems to fascinate us endlessly. Stick around. Up next, how to access the black books of concierges around the world. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. It was a long time coming for Bruce, his wife, and friends, but now their tour of Peru was finally happening. Somewhere around Machu Picchu, the local cuisine was calling, and baked guinea pig was on the menu. It turned out to be a marvelous weight loss plan. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com forward slash stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. Get in the zone! When it's time for a new battery, AutoZone has the right one to fit your need. Because whether you're looking for rugged dependability that's sure to start in all conditions, power to run accessories, or the latest in battery technology, AutoZone has it. Even if you want a battery for your boat, lawnmower, or RV, we can help you figure out exactly what you need. And we'll give you the tips to install it correctly. Because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone! AutoZone. Participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 
Welcome back to uh, the Rudy Max's World. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Travel Guard. It's a chartist company and it's a worldwide leader in travel insurance. Travel Guard provides products and services to millions of travelers around the globe, helping leisure and business travelers solve problems and manage risks. And right now, if you go to travelguard.com forward slash stories, you're going to read the first story, where you're going to read a story in a series of true travel, travel tales, and you'll be eligible to win a new Kindle for free. Every year, Travel Guard receives thousands of stories from travelers about their experiences. You'll find about, out about this one when you go to travelguard.com forward slash stories, and uh, you can finish the rest of the story, and you may well win a Kindle. It's about 34 after the hour. Michael Matthews is our hotel expert. It's, he's a voice familiar to you if you're a regular listener to this show. And we had, I want to have him on this week because he just posted a column at joesentme.com about, well, a whole lot of new hotels coming online this year. And, Michael, that seems like a contradiction to me. I mean, we're coming out of a several-year recession. Um, who were these guys who had money to build? And you say many of them are luxury hotels around the world. It's absolutely amazing, Rudy, and good morning. The, there are 3,000 new hotels being built around the world this year with 640,000 rooms in them. I mean, where the money's coming from to do it is, is, is a little bit beyond me. I have no idea because I thought we were in a recession. But pe believe me, all your listeners will have a room somewhere this year because with all those uh, going up, I mean, uh, there's going to be plenty of space. There are about 225 of them. Uh, are in the five-star category. That's in the uh, Ritz, uh, Fairmont, Four Seasons category. Uh, there are 10 in New York. Uh, well, actually, there's only nine because one of them is going to be in Brooklyn. But uh, uh, And with two new Hyatts and a Conrad and so on. Uh, in Miami, there are six. Can you believe Miami is already dying, and yet there are going to be six new hotels? Sure, you could, check, you could rent an apartment in Miami for $50 a night. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but they're going to, but one of them, I've got, I've got to laugh. One of them is called the Lord Balfour. Now, why in the world would you open a hotel in Miami and call it after a British prime minister? I have no idea. It's rather like having the Howard Taft in Brighton. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's not peculiar. Now, there are also 14 going up in London. Uh, we need one more in London. Yeah, in London, we're jumping around the world very quickly. Uh, London, one of them is the Intercontinental, which is going up in Westminster. And then there's going to be a Hilton going up in Wembley. Well, that's rather like building a hotel in Brooklyn, isn't it? But anyway. Now, you're, uh, now, now Brooklyn, is they actually consider them part, themselves part of New York City, Michael. Easy here. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I'm down in the desert. So <laughs> Michael, by the way, is coming to us from his home in Tucson, Arizona today. Um, you said the Middle East has got 20 openings. All of them of the five-star uh, uh, variety, and I quote you, the area is about to be loaded with empty Ritzes, St. Regis's, Fairmounts, and Hilton's, and you're glad you didn't invest in any of them. Absolutely. Well, here's what's going on there. Uh, the government is so already so overbuilt with luxury hotels that uh, the government of Dubai has, in fact, uh, asked people to close down half their hotels, uh, half the rooms in their hotels. So uh, it looks as if the occupancy is, you know, 100 uh, percent. But, no, I, I just don't understand why. It's true. That's absolutely true. A little bit, it, it, it's, it's beyond me. They're all Ritz's, St. Regis, Fairmonts, and so on. Uh, and there are 20, 20 of them going up this and will open this year uh, in, in the Middle East. Hey, we uh, cannot forget the Hotel Indigo opening in Waco, Texas. You are absolutely right. Or, wait for this one, the Fairmont and Four Seasons in Abazajan, 
uh, in Lake Baku. Two? Two luxury hotels on Lake Baku? Two luxury hotels opening this summer. I think I hear oil talking here. Yeah, it's oil or it's something, but it's it's. Uh, they're also applying for the Olympic Games, of course. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> well, they've got to have infrastructure for that. Yeah. You mentioned a website that I'm not familiar with, uh, hotelchatter.com. Is that something like TripAdvisor? Uh, no, hotelchatter.com is a part of uh, Condé Nast Traveler. Ah, so it's gossip, or it's sort of uh, it, it's items about hotel, items about hotels. It's all about hotels, and it's a part of uh, Condé Nast Traveler. Uh, and their thing called concierge.com. It's not that accurate, uh, and but it's it, it's a fun. It's chatter. It's gossip about hotels. And you had uh, you say there are three properties in New York. One is called Out. One is called Nomad, and one is called Gem. That doesn't tell me anything. Well, let me tell you, I wouldn't stay at the one called Out. I don't think uh, <laughs> Nomad and Gem. Uh, Nomad. I, I I really don't know too much about it, but. Yeah, correct. Right. And they are now all being converted to real hotels. Ah, okay. And that's probably where the Nomad and the Gem comes from. Well, it's uh, a... but They're not five-star. They're not totally five-star, but they're, they're pretty good, apparently. Well, we've only got 15 seconds left, Mike. But Michael, but do you think uh, the, the number of hotel rooms increasing in London might bring prices down there at all per room? Oh, I hope it does, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it, too. I, I doubt it. They're greedy. You... You can read Joe's column at, uh, excuse me, you can read Michael's column at joesentme.com, which is our friend Joe Brancatelli's website, and Michael writes a regular uh, column there. And, uh, Michael, thank you for joining us on your, uh, taking time out of your weekend again. No, it's wonderful. It's good to talk with you. Thank you, Rudy. We'll talk to you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we're going to sort of stay in the Emirates. We're going to talk with a structural engineer who commutes between Chicago and Abu Dhabi. See what that's like. Don't go away. now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. At Quicken Loans, we close many of our home loans in 30 days or less. But if you work with someone other than Quicken Loans, you might be dealing with a lender that takes a lot longer. Here's an analogy. I ordered a pizza four hours ago that should have arrived in 30 minutes or less. Think of my cold, unappetizing pizza as a mortgage from a lender that doesn't care about closing loans quickly. Here's your pizza, dude. You should have been here a lot sooner. Who do you think I am? Quicken Loans? The choice is clear. A mortgage from a lender that takes forever to close your loan or a piping hot mortgage from Quicken Loans that arrives fresh at your door in as quick as 30 days or less. One more way Quicken Loans is engineered to amaze. The rate today on a 30-year fixed mortgage is an incredible 3.99%. APR, 4.22%. Call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. Call us for cost information. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. Nationwide licensing number 3030. If you have gout, listen closely. That's the sound of gout silently attacking joints between flares. You won't hear it and you may not feel it, but if your uric acid level remains high, crystals can continue to build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. For more information, go to goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level. Get in the zone! When it's time for a new battery, 
AutoZone has the right one to fit your need. Because whether you're looking for rugged dependability that's sure to start in all conditions, power to run accessories, or the latest in battery technology, AutoZone has it. Even if you want a battery for your boat, lawnmower, or RV, we can help you figure out exactly what you need. And we'll give you the tips to install it correctly. Because parts are just part of what we do. Get in the zone! AutoZone. And now GEICO presents 30 Seconds with Maxwell the Pig. Um, Maxwell, you're on. Cool. And so you just want me to read the script? You don't want me to do the Wii thing? Okay. Today, I'm going to talk about the new Geico mobile app and um, how you can manage your policy and get your ID card and customize it with your favorite Geico character. But I'm not yelling Wii or anything because um, they don't want me to, right? Correct. Okay. Just saying it's my thing. Everything you love about Geico, now mobile. Download the new Geico app today. Does your furnace need repair? Your house need cleaning? Or maybe you're ready to update your kitchen or bath, big or small. Whatever your home improvement needs, log on to homebuild411.servicemagic.com. Service Magic is a free online resource with instant access to top-rated remodelers, maids, handyman roofers, and many other home contractors. Go to homebuild411.servicemagic.com. It's quick, it's free, and there's no obligation. Visit homebuild411.servicemagic.com. This segment of the program is brought to you by MedJet Assist. Unlike other evacuation services, only MedJet Assist lets you decide which hospital will be your final destination. Regardless of the nature of your illness or injury, if you're hospitalized while traveling, they'll be there for you. So take trips, not chances, and visit MedJetAssist.com or go to RudyMaxa.com and look under radio sponsors for more info. 43 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to RudyMaxes.com. Welcome back to West Hollywood to the Andaz Hotel on Sunset Boulevard right here on Sunset Strip. And as I said at the top of the show uh, an hour and a half ago, it's not all Kardashian sisters here. It's not all housewives of Beverly Hills. There's art here in, this, in these them hills. And one of the women who's responsible for bringing a lot of art to this city is Mary Norris. She's an art curator. Uh, she's a consultant. And uh, let's start with the macro. Let's start with right where we're sitting now. When this hotel opened a couple years ago, uh, Mary, you were instrumental in bringing, I know, a lot of the sculpture uh, and, and artwork that is, that is here at the Andaz. How did that come to be? Well, at that time, I was hired by the Hyatt because there was a percent for art requirement that went along with the uh, renovation, total renovation of this hotel. That's a local uh, ordinance? Yes. LA-wide or just West Hollywood? Both. Okay. Most cities now, actually. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a percent of the construction cost. And I worked with representatives from <clears throat> from the Hyatt, and we did that piece that I'm sure you've noticed that's on the front by Jacob Hashimoto. Can you describe that? Because obviously you're on the radio and folks can't see it, and you're more articulate than I am on it. Uh, well, they're kite shapes, and it reads as a tapestry. They're cut out of they're cut steel hexagon. Uh, pieces. I think there are over 700, and they're all painted different graphic kinds of colors it's and big. shapes. And it's big. It's big. It's big. It's, I can't remember, maybe 11 feet high by 10 feet across. Anyway, one of the things that's very successful about this is that you can see it driving by, which is part of public art. You have to be able to see it. This will be interesting to you. For example, in a hotel, the hotel lobby doesn't qualify 
for uh, public art. It has to be something on the outside of the building. But in this case, um, it is on the outside, but the people on the inside in the restaurant and lounge can share in the experience of this art. That's true, because we have floor-to-ceiling windows here in, in, at RH, the restaurant, and you can see it from the, yeah, from the exactly. back, so it works both sides. Right, right, and that's very unusual. And I'm looking around, and I, I, I see other sculpture here. Did mm -hmm. you choose all these pieces? I did. And are they all local artists? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is that one of the stipulations, or not necessarily? No. Okay. That happened. We purchased two pieces right away when the hotel was opening, and since then, I have developed something that I made up that's called Art Scene at the Andaz. So about every six months or something, I rotate things, and I ask my artist friends if they would be kind enough to loan so you're, you're curating art here in the, in the Andaz. Do you do this for other hotels? No. Right here? Right here. Okay. Um, well, lucky lucky <laughs> you. Michelle Moreau, the general manager, is over just giving us a <laughs> thumbs up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, you founded and funded the Museum of Contemporary Art? I didn't fund it. Well... On the other hand, I certainly raised a lot of money. Okay, all right. I, That's what, I, I didn't know if you wrote the check yourself or... No, 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 no. Um, uh, yes. Right, well, I was one of the original founders, literal. Well, let's, let's use that as now, okay, now that we've talked about that, let's look more more generally at Los Angeles and art. Is this a vibrant art community? You, I, yeah. It's just screaming right now. It's interesting. When we started the museum in 1979, part of that was because there was no venue mm -hmm. to show contemporary art other than galleries. So mm -hmm. there was no, the Los Angeles County Museum wasn't, you know, doing very much as uh, as far as showing the artists who are living here. Right. And there's there's always been a huge artist community here, but at this moment, fast forward from '79 to now, it's just blown wide open. Just in the last couple of years, it's fascinating. Is this because there are patrons who will who yeah. will buy? Who will actually buy here and not go to Europe or New York? Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Are we doing French fries in the background there, Michelle? Oh, I, hear Ooh, I hope so. Sounds, they're they're the best. That's, it sounds, it's not a tsunami. It's something coming from the kitchen here at RH. Um, and and have you seen our artists coming here more now because of that? Did, does word get out about these things? Well, I bring a lot of people here to introduce them to the hotel because the food here is amazing. It's just absolutely no, amazing. I, I didn't mean the hotel. I meant Los Angeles. Oh, Los way. Angeles. <laughs> Which, oh, no. <laughs> okay. I'm glad they come to the hotel. Too, <laughs> okay, what was the question? I was just asking whether the community, whether word gets out around the world that Los Angeles is a vibrant art place and absolutely. more artists come here. Absolutely, absolutely, okay. yeah. You know, we have quite a few major museums here. We've got MoCA, we've got LACMA, we've got the Hammer, we've got the Craft and Folk Art Museum. I mean, these are just off the top of my you head. you got a couple and Gettys. You got vibe, a and we do have the Getty <laughs> over there on the hill. That's right, right. Hey, Mary, thank you for joining us. Of course, thank you very much. Mary Norris is an art curator. She curated the art here for the Andaz. Come, you can come see it. Walk right in. <laughs> we'll be right back. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Join Rudy Maxa. Call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. 
52 minutes after the hour. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I won't. I don't. I don't like send out eight tweets a day. I'm lucky if I send out one every few days. But when it's when I send it out, it's a good one. You can follow me at Rudy Maxa. R U D Y M A X A. That's my Twitter handle, Rudy. Maxa. And if you uh, are so motivated, head on over to Facebook and click on Rudy Maxa-TV show. I know this is a radio show. I know. I know. I get emails on this all the time. But when I signed up for a fan page, they didn't have a radio show. It just said TV show. And since I also do a TV show, I thought, okay. Anyway, go there, like me. What I do is I post some of my deals there. I put links to some of our interesting guests and maybe their latest book or whatever. So check it out, Facebook, Rudy Maxa-TV show. Keith Bellows is the editor-in-chief of National Geographic Traveler. And uh, we just talked with him last hour about the rapid increase in the number of travelers from fast-growing countries such as China and India. I wanted to ask him one more question. It's about social media and how it's shaping travel. Is it all too much? I mean, is there just too much information out there? And if so, even if who do we know? Who do we trust? How do we know who to trust? And should you and I, as travelers, be joining the party? Keith, welcome back to Rudy Max's World. Well, to be here. Um, so let's ask each other. You meet somebody in a bar, you talk to them for a while, and you decide, are they trustworthy or not? So social media is pretty much the same thing. And we are beginning to find that the essence of travel is being mobile. And so you have to be able to rely on on-the-ground reconnaissance. So you will develop, we do develop, our own sense of, mm, is this person trustworthy? What do we think? And over time, you begin to develop a certain kind of screening mechanism, and you begin to find some amazing things. So we did a thing called Tweet Me in Miami. This is three years ago. We sent a writer down to Miami. He didn't know where the hell he was going. He tweeted. He threw himself out there. He began to be directed. Oh, this is where I'm going to stay. This is where I'm going to eat. Holy smokes, here's a neighborhood. I had no idea. Never heard of this neighborhood. It's completely off the grid. And over the four days, five days he was there, he discovered in Miami that we would not have known. Because of all these people tweeting him back or emailing him saying, hey, you got to eat here, you got to see this place. Not only that, but they all ended up with a tweet up. So they all ended up in a bar at the end of the weekend. He was there, and they got to meet him. They got to become friends. And, in fact, um, if Andrew's telling the truth, he's still in touch with some of those folks. And a so, June wedding is planned. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, that would be great, right? Now, now you said this was several years ago, right? Yes. Now, and Andrew so went we uh, now, to Africa recently, and it was a little more dramatic, wasn't it? It was. So we have uh, Andrew Evans, who's our digital nomad. He's been doing this for two years. He's, he started with a bus to Antarctica. Go online, Google it. You'll see the whole backstory. I won't chew up your Wait, He drove a bus from where to where? Well, no, he didn't drive it. He left from headquarters. He said, I'm going to take that would be Washington, D.C. Bus, public, yes, D.C., public bus trips, you know, public transportation, all the way down South America to Shwana, got on a, uh, on a, a boat, excuse me, went to Antarctica, found a rare black penguin, which he photographed and videoed, and it went viral, two million hits in one week. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the thing about this is, though, he's been doing it for now two years. He, as you were, you, you pointed out, he was in Africa. He was in Malawi. He was the first reporter at the hospital when the president, who the Secret Service said was alive, the president proved to be dead. And this was just a couple you know, weeks he, ago. Yes, it was. It was about 10 days ago. He trumped the BBC and, and uh, CNN. The point being that if you're in situ and you know how to work social media, you can be on it. And this is – so he's 
Country National Geographic Explorer, and he's there. And uh, we're, we're looking, by the way, for recruits. We would love a woman who can do the same sort of thing. We want more of these because they are the conduit between place and person. Wow. Well, this sounds uh, – well, no wonder no June wedding is planned. He's, he seems like he's traveling all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Um, but what is planned is more immediacy, more connection, and more personal one-on-one. But to circle back to what you said at the beginning, so people find Andrew or find National Geographic Traveler or, dare I say, even sign on to Twitter to Rudy Maxa, and they can tell over time whether this guy's pulling the wool over their heads trying to sell them something or whether they're act- it's a reliable source of information. Well, the only thing he's trying to sell is the idea of travel. I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You, you, you sort out the bad guys. Exactly. And he has a bigger cloud score than New York Times. Um, for those of you who don't know clout, it's basically an assessment of what kind of reach he has. So let's say you only have 25 or 3,000 followers on Twitter. That's nothing. It may be there's 9,000 people following one of those Twitter followers. And so you amplify the following. And this is what's happening. It's a, it's a magnifying affair. And more and more the world is, is following people who are making a difference and having a, an experience. All right, so where can our listeners follow Andrew, having heard this and perhaps their interest being peaked? Very easy. Go on Google, just do Digital Nomad plus National Geographic Traveler. You're there. It's easier than doing a www. Do you tweet, Keith? Oh, of course I do. Yep. Okay. And what's your and handle? You to do the same thing. Oh, it's, it's Nat Geo Travel. So it's okay. there. You just go for it. All right. Keith Bellows is the editor-in-chief of National Geographic Traveler. Keith, thanks for joining us this weekend. Lovely. Take care. Take care. You too. And my big thanks to Jeff Ryder, my engineer, who makes these words fly through the air every weekend. And my executive producer is Anna Schofield. Travel safely this week, and I'll see you right back here next weekend. listening to Rudy Max's World. And as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.